Hello and welcome to Williston's uh, annual budget presentation and we have a few things to talk about today. Uh, I'm Terry McKegg, Chair of the Williston Select Board. Next to me is Deb Beckett, who is the Town Clerk and Treasurer. And next to uh, her is Rick McGuire, Town Manager, and then Eric Wells, our Assistant to the Town Manager. <clears throat> we thank you very much, Channel 17, for hosting the show. And uh, our town meeting is uh, starts on Monday, March 4th at the Williston Central School at 7 o'clock in the evening, uh, voting on the budget and special articles and, for the, and also for the town offices is the following day on March 5th. Voting it will be held at the Vermont National Guard Armory in the middle of the village of Williston. The polls are open from 7 in the morning till 7 in the evening. We have a lot to cover today. Uh, the town budget, a bond resolution, uh, and six articles relating to the proposed charter changes. So let's start out with Rick and to tell us about the budget this year. Well, thank you, Terry. Any conversation about the budget really has to focus first on services because really that's what's the, the most important part of why we even have a budget. Um, I took the opportunity to actually count the number of services we had, Terry, and you'll be uh, maybe surprised to learn that we have about 180 different services that we provide. So it's more than just what you would normally think of. Um, and uh, I actually have a slide here that shows some of the major ones that people are most familiar with. Um, you know, police protection, fire protection, library services, but there's far more than what uh, um, those services would imply. Uh, I think we're gonna have um, Eric talk a little bit about the budget details, so I'm gonna turn it over to Eric. Thanks, Rick. So first we're gonna look at the cost of services. And the budget this year is about $11.5 million. This is an increase of just about $384,000, and that's a 3.4% increase. And we've got a slide here that looks at an expenditure comparison. It shows graphically where tax dollars are being spent throughout the town. So well over 55% goes towards public safety-related services, as you can see. And then the rest of the breakdown is showed here. So to balance those expenses, we have to look at our revenue sources throughout the year. Almost half the revenue to support the town's services is in the form of property taxes. 25% is generated through our local options tax. A reminder, this is a volatile tax source, which means it can fluctuate up and down as the economy goes up and down. So then the difference can amount to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Our remaining 25% is from a variety of other sources. So the question is, what will this cost me? Our current taxes are based on $100,000 in, based on $100,000 of value is $266. Taxes for the next year, based on the proposed budget, are estimated at $270 per $100,000 of value. That's an increase of $4. So Eric, you mentioned, of course, that there's only a $4 increase, but I think um, there's a, a, another piece to this story that I, I kind of wanted to tell. Um, I did an analysis of the various increases the town has had over the past three years and uh, found out that uh, based on a, a home that's valued at $400,000, the taxes in 2017 were, was $1,060. And uh, the following year, it remained the same. The year after that, there was a slight increase, and then there's an increase also proposed for um, next fiscal year. 
but all together, the total increase over that four-year period was only $20, again, based on a $400,000 value home. I think the other piece of good news is when you look at our tax rate, and this, again, municipal taxes compared to the various municipalities throughout Chittenden County, Williston is near the bottom. Uh, we're just above the town of Charlotte, and all the other communities have tax rates that are much higher than Williston. And Charlotte uh, has lower tax rate, but they also offer uh, fewer, far fewer number of services that we uh, provide here in Williston. So Eric, that's, that's a quick summary of the budget um, that involves Article 6. Um, but if people want to dig deeper into the numbers, uh, where would they turn to? Yeah, thanks, Rick. If someone wants to go on our town website, we have a number of resources to look at the budget and everything related to town meeting. The easiest path to find that is go on our homepage, and you'll see under News Briefs a link for Town Meeting 2019. Follow that link, and you'll find a number of resources, videos, and a number of documents. Or feel free to stop by the town hall, send um, someone in the manager's office an email, or just give us a call. We're happy to discuss this with you. So thanks, uh, Rick and Rick, uh, for that. Uh, there are several other important uh, articles for consideration by the voters uh, in this March. And one of those is the bond vote for two new fire trucks. And the select board has talked at length about this proposal and uh, recommends uh, a, uh, the proposal to you. Rick? Well, um, this has been somewhat um, controversial already. Uh, the select board did spend a lot of time talking about the various issues here. And so I've prepared a couple slides here that I think will uh, hopefully explain this issue a little bit better for people. Currently, we have um, a, a number of pieces of large equipment. Uh, we have one ladder truck, three pumpers, and a brush truck. And from the chart that is on your screen, you can see that over the years, the amount of a number of major pieces of equipment has decreased. For example, in 2010, we had a total of seven large pieces of equipment. Uh, that was reduced a couple years later, or a few years later, to six. And for the current year, we have only five. The proposal that is before the voters is actually to reduce that once again to four major pieces of equipment. Uh, so uh, that is the proposal. Now, each truck that we have generally lasts 15 to 20 years. So it's a significant life that this equipment has. Uh, the equipment's also very expensive. Uh, it's not just the truck that you're buying, it's tons and tons of equipment that goes with each truck. And each truck, I would also say, performs multiple functions. It's not just a single function uh, that each truck does. And finally, the process for replacing these trucks is a long one. It can take two to three years to actually complete the process from start to finish in the purchase of uh, one of these trucks. So uh, I think that's important to consider uh, when you're looking at uh, the uh, whole process and the whole issue behind whether or not we should buy new trucks. We currently have um, the trucks that are, we're hoping to replace. One is out of service now. And uh, so that will continue to be out of service and we'll get rid of it. The other two trucks are currently in service. One is a ladder truck uh, and the other is a, uh, what's referred to as a pumper. Uh, these trucks are um, nearing the end of their useful life. One is currently 18 years old. 
the other is 16 years old. And if you add two to three years onto that, uh, one will be 21 years old if you're adding three years, and the other will be 19 years. So both of them will be near the end of their useful life uh, at the time we uh, actually got to replace it. But you have to plan these replacements far in advance because of the long delay or long process in actually replacing these trucks. So you do need to think ahead. So um, the three trucks that we're replacing, if you were to take the replacement value of those three trucks, it would be about 2.2 million. And of course, by reducing it and buying less expensive trucks, which is what the plan is, uh, we are asking for only 1.4 million. And that amount uh, will likely be reduced by the uh, uh, replacement. Uh, if we go to sell those trucks after we buy the new ones, then we'll be able to um, get some value from that and reduce the amount that we're going to have to borrow. So that can't be factored into what we have to uh, ask for because we don't know what that amount's going to be. But we do anticipate receiving some money back when we sell the old piece of equipment. The newer trucks have a number of advantages. Uh, and there's a, a couple pictures um, on the one slide here that shows what the, tricks, the new trucks might look like. Uh, the first is a quint truck, which uh, it, by its name implies it performs five different functions. But the important piece of that is that both of these trucks actually, uh, these trucks are lighter trucks than the current trucks we have. They are shorter in length. Uh, they have a shorter wheel base, which allows them a, a, a shorter turning radius. And of course, lighter also means uh, less wear and tear on the, uh, the town roads. And the pumper truck, which is significantly smaller than our, um, the pumper truck it's replacing, also is a four-wheel drive truck. And that allows for even more flexibility when, during the winter months like we're having now, uh, where uh, the trucks might be challenged on a steep slope. Uh, the four-wheel drive allows it to um, maneuver um, more readily in bad weather. So uh, I think uh, that's a, a quick overview of the reasons behind uh, there's the replacement. Um, the trucks are the current trucks are in dire need of being replaced, uh, and the new trucks will perform a wider range of functions. And so uh, we're asking voters to support this important replacement of equipment. Oh, the um, other piece that I wanted to share is our um, <coughs> current debt because when you borrow money, it does affect your total debt load. And this chart shows the current and proposed debt service levels. And if you look at the year 2019, you'll see that the current debt load is about the same as it will be in 2023, which is when the uh, first payments um, for these two new trucks would be most likely to hit the books. So uh, it's not a significant impact. Between now and 2023, we do see the debt going down somewhat. And of course, after that, they would also go down because as you pay off the debt, the, each year, the amount, um, the UO will also go down. Um, so that's uh, kind of a quick look at uh, the impact on our debt service. So I think, uh, Terry, might be a good time now to start talking about the charter changes that are being proposed because there's, there's a number of them. Sure. And uh, these are kind of important issues, especially uh, a couple of them. Um, and uh, so I, I think um, I'm going to start the discussion and we're going to ask Deb Beckett to weigh in because she has some 
unique knowledge about a couple of these <laughs> issues. Um, there are six articles that are being considered. Uh, and the, the town's charter was actually first adopted in 2003. And it's been amended twice, or once in 2007, and the other in 2009. The town charter is a way for the town to institute procedures and processes that are somewhat different than state law allows for. Uh, in Vermont, the state of Vermont, the state is actually ruled by something called Dillon's Rule. And this is actually a judicial interpretation of the law. And it says basically that a municipality can only exercise those specific powers that are expressly conferred to it by the stat state law. And so if the state law doesn't say you can do it, then uh, you, rather if the state law says you can't do it, then you can't do it. Uh, charter, the town charter allows you to specify what the uh, rules are that an individual town can do. Um, and so we're constricted by state law for the most part. Um, so um, I guess, the, oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the adoption process. Uh, currently, uh, the process involves an adoption that requires two public hearings, which have been held. It also requires that the select board approve it, and then eventually it goes to the voters, which is why we're talking about it now because the select board did approve it in January. And it goes to town voters for their consideration. And then once the voters approve it, then it has to go to the state legislature for a final approval. Now, usually the state legislature approves the changes that are adopted by the towns. But I think there have been several state situations where the state legislature has not made those changes or made approved something different than the voters changed. I know it's in the minority, but it can happen. And of course, it also adds uh, some time to the whole process. And uh, that can be a, a concern un, under certain circumstances, for sure. So uh, let's talk about the first article, which is Article 8. And um, Deb, as the Wilson's town clerk and treasurer for the past 20 years, um, why is the proposed change that's described in Article 8 important? I think it's uh, very important at this point. The um, well, first off, I, I do want to say that uh, the possibility or the proposal to eliminate any elected position is one that uh, ha it cannot be taken lightly. And I don't think you know we are, are doing that in any uh, way, shape, or form. It's uh, been a lot of thought uh, into this. Uh, the position of the town treasurer. Uh, has changed drastically, I think, over the last uh, 20 years. Uh, we're not in the days anymore of maybe one or two bank accounts um, and cash receipts coming in over the counter and being put into little envelopes. Um, it has gotten much more complex than that. Uh, currently, we, the town treasurer, we manage uh, 29 separate money market accounts, seven CD and investment accounts, totaling about $12.6 million, uh, plus a general operating and payroll accounts. Uh, our primary goal for these funds are really to maximize the interest realized on these accounts while still maintaining liquidity. Uh, and I think. Between that and regulations that have come uh, down the pike over the last number of years, uh, banking regulations in particular, it, it really is important that whomever is in this position has some background. Uh, 
in finance, in business, in accounting. Uh, as an elected uh, treasurer, there, there are no requirements. Uh, somebody could just put their name on the ballot, say, I want to be treasurer, come in and have no background uh, whatsoever in, uh, in finance uh, or business. And I think that would be a, a you know, detriment to the town, especially with dealing with so much uh, in the funding. I would say that over the years we've been very fortunate to having your expertise in um, guiding that piece of the town's finances and our audits have always been very good um, and, and obviously that's something we want to retain. Absolutely, um, Thank That's you. an important piece of uh, our town finances. Um, there's another piece of this though, uh, Deb, the um, proposal here is to change the treasurer's position from elected to appointed. But it's also in the budget, there's money for another change that affects this position. Oh, uh, moving that from pretty much a part-time uh, to a full-time uh, position. Currently, uh, the, my position as the treasurer, I'm the elected treasurer and elected clerk. Uh, we've had the combined position for, I want to say, about 50 years. Arlene Degree, my predecessor, was clerk and treasurer. Um, for about, she was that for about 30 of her 36 years, uh, the combined positions. Uh, by separating this out, it will give the new, a new treasurer, an appointed treasurer, uh, will have, it, it is absolutely a full-time job between uh, all the duties and responsibilities. Uh, we have, it is a full-time operation right now. I have uh, myself and a senior assistant uh, treasurer who does a lot of the work and combined it's uh, well more than uh, any one full-time position. Well, thank you for that. Now the um, the next article that we wanted to talk about is article 9 and this one's a little bit different than yeah. um, uh, do you want to just briefly explain what that's about? Yeah. So article 9 uh, would allow the town to uh, vote at some future date uh, to change the clerk position from elected to appointed. Um, that is different and what this is doing is uh, it's simply allowing the town at a future date to make the decision uh, that they want to go to an appointed clerk rather than having the legislature make that decision uh, through the charter changes uh, and whatnot. Uh, this I would say, I. I would hope not to see come uh, on the ballot here in the future. In the future, yeah. but it just it allows that to happen right. should we decide. Right. So it, it's not really changing anything that we have in place now, other than taking the state legislature out of the decision exactly, process. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and actually that a plain, uh, same um, issue applies to um, another article we'll get to in a minute here. But um, I want to briefly talk about um, Article 10, which is a proposal to eliminate the positions of poundkeeper and town service officer. Both of these positions have essentially become obsolete over the years. In fact, I can't remember ever having a poundkeeper, mm -hmm. but it is something that's in our charter. And I, I also think that by eliminating these, it doesn't necessarily prevent the select board from appointing mm -hmm. someone to these positions. Um, for example, town service officer, um, Terry, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the board did 
um, appoint someone to that, even though under state law it is not required any longer. We did. That's correct. Yeah, and and it's a position that does have some function. So, but the proposal here just takes it out of the charter as being a required position and allows the select board the flexibility uh, as to whether or not they want to have someone fill that position. Then this next article, Board of Listers, is kind of similar to the one on the um, town clerk because it, really the only intent of this article is to take the state legislature out of the process. And I would agree with your sentiment that you said on the town clerk, the same is true of our Board of Listers. Our Board of Listers performs a, a really good function in Williston. Um, it's not true in all other communities, um, but in Williston it has been very true. We have an excellent board and they really do a great job. So this, this proposal is not to eliminate that board, it just takes the state legislature out of the process. So it's, if at some point in the future the town does want to eliminate this board, then they can do so without having to go to the state legislature. And the town constable is another one that's uh, Article 12. Uh, this is a position that is, for the most part, become obsolete over the years. It does perform a little bit of a function, but that function that it performs can be can and does is performed by others. Um, the sheriffs, for example, okay. can perform some of the functions that the constable provides. The proposal here just takes it out of being a required position within the town charter. Again, it allows the select board, in fact, I think it provides the select board to make the appointment rather than having it as elected. And uh, given the fact that most of the duties of this position have kind of gone away over the years, I think it kind of makes sense to have it uh, change the nature of the position. And then finally, uh, there are some technical corrections. Uh, the, the most obvious one is the start time for our annual town meeting. The charter currently states that the meeting must start at 7.30 p.m. Um, and I think for years and years and years the meetings started at 7. So that's not consistent with our charter and I think it might be good to modify our charter to make it consistent with what our current practice is. So the charter change provides some flexibility in setting that start time for town meeting. There's some other minor changes in there. I think there's an incorrect reference to a state statute in there, and the, this technical change um, that's proposed will correct that as well. So that's a quick rundown of the uh, various uh, charter changes. Uh, Deb, if someone wants to learn more about these or some of the other things, um, where can they look for some additional information? Oh, thank you, Rick. Yeah, uh, anybody can go on to the town website, as Eric mentioned earlier, and that's at town.williston.vt.us. Copies of the town report um, will also be available at the town hall anytime, 8 to 4.30 um, at 7900 Williston Road. Copies of the town report can also be picked up at town meeting. Uh, there'll be plenty there for everyone. Uh, or you can call or email us at uh, 878-5121 or you can email me at dbeckett at willisonvt.org and we can send out um, a town report to you uh, and pretty much all of the detail information uh, for the budgets uh, and all reports of all the departments are contained in that town report. Deb, there's also a, a flyer that's going out shortly um, that has some of this information as well. Absolutely. There's a summary uh, flyer for the town as well as the school that'll be coming out in um, next week's issue of the Williston Observer. So look for that insert. Great. Thank you.
So it's my turn to more or less wrap up uh, this uh, presentation. So remember the uh, important dates of March 4th for our town meeting that starts at 7 o'clock at the Wilson Central School Auditorium. And the following day on March 5th, voting at the National Guard Armory for select board and other positions that are uh, up for election, the town budget, and also on the, the special articles that we've just been talking about. Uh, following the town meeting on the, uh, the 4th, there will be an information meeting held uh, at the same location at the Wellison Central School uh, to talk about the budget, the uh, bond vote, and the charter changes, which uh, you'll be able to ask questions and um, get more information. So I encourage uh, all of you uh, to learn more about the budget uh, in the various articles that we're proposing uh, on the ballot. And uh, uh, the select board is asking you to support the changes that we have approved. Rick? So Terry, there's a um, couple things I want to make a plug for since we uh, have an audience here. Um, one is the, um, an event that we've scheduled for April 10th. Uh, there's been a lot of concern in the community about substance abuse, particularly among our young people and the news recently has focused a lot on opiates but really um, alcohol, um, tobacco and, um, and more recently uh, cannabis have been um, in the news and um, those are substances that are more likely to be abused by our young people and this is concerning um, particularly minds uh, of young people are more um, susceptible to being changed by the um, abuse of substances and this can affect people later in life and so we want to have a community discussion about this and really talk about things that might have an impact um, to prevent the abuse of substances amongst our young people. And there are examples around the country and, and, and around the world where programs have been successful. So I, I think as a community it would be good to learn about those and see if there's a way we can actually implement some programs that would have that. So I encourage everyone to attend this meeting. Uh, the bigger the turnout, I think the more impact it will have and the greater chance of succeeding in uh, moving towards programs that will prevent abuse of substances by our young people. The other thing I wanted to give it a little pitch is a program that uh, Eric's been involved in. Um, it's called What's Up Williston, and it's a monthly program about a variety of different community mm -hmm. topics. Um, Eric, why don't you uh, mention uh, what some of the shows have been about, and particularly the one that's coming up. Yeah, we've, uh, we've looked at a number of topics in town. We've explored things. We've looked at um, police department. We've I sat down with the police chief, Patrick Foley. We've talked about fire rescue. Um, we had a wellness episode in January. Um, there's a number of topics we explore every month, and it's um, we've done the show for about since last summer and continuing to look at new topics. Uh, Rick and I will be taping our next episode that will kind of delve deeper into the budget process. Um, we presented an um, overview today, but there's a lot of pieces to arrive at these final numbers. So we're going to take a closer look at that process to inform everyone in the community how exactly that works and what that looks like. Well, thank you, Eric. And that pretty much wraps up our presentation. And I'm hoping that uh, people take the time to learn about our budget and budget process. Uh, a lot of time and effort goes into it. It starts in September, really, and, and doesn't end until the voters vote on it in, uh, in March. And, of course, then we start the process all over again. So 
uh, we encourage everyone to get out and vote and, and support uh, the town budget and various articles, including the bond vote and the uh, various articles that are involved with our town charter change.